Welcome to Live from Lockdown. You got Zach and Dom keeping you company in this time of self-isolation. Despite the name Dom, we might be in the only part of the country that's not in lockdown. Yeah, I was talking to someone from Victoria yesterday and I felt a bit guilty because... I'd just been on a holiday in the Sunshine Coast hinterland. I even went to the... Mo- I didn't actually go to the into a movie, but I went to the, the movies last night just to, to see that they were open. It was lovely. Hang on. What did you do? You went well, no. to the movies to see if they no, were okay. open. <laughs> no. Wow. Bear with me. I was getting food from the food court, and next to the food court is a cinema, and I thought, well, while they're making the food, I'll pop my head in and see what an open cinema looks like now. Now, do you, were you getting food from the food court... As a special trip, or yeah. were you in the shopping centre? When I say food court, it's one of the nicer food courts. I went to Anando's. I think I'm not talking. Okay. <laughs> we're not saying I went to the you know those the Chinese buffets I used to love, or the what's the other carveries. The things I thought fill your that you liked those so much <laughs> that you would make a special trip out, even if you weren't going to the shops, to sit in those tiny little tables in the middle of the shopping centre. Yeah, well, under I, the fluorescent lighting and the smell of chlorine. <laughs> There was a stage where I did frequent the carvery in a food court, and I would do that. I would go up and get a roast beef sandwich, but I think I got pretty bad food poisoning from one of them. Yeah, I, I got don't food wanna... poisoning from one of them as well. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> yeah. I don't look. I don't want to throw carveries under the bus in any in any shape or form. It could have been something else, but I'm pretty sure the carvery uh, was what did it. But yeah, it was. Now, in- I was just Speaking gonna... of going out to the shopping centre and going out to the movies, can we assume he has a clean bill of health? <laughs> we left it on a coat hanger. It's been a week since Dom got his COVID test. Mm. Yep. Now, where the good news is, um, <clears throat> if you haven't seen it already on the news, because you would have probably seen my case reported, I have been uh, diagnosed negative. So I got the text through, I think we recorded Tuesday morning of last week. I got the text uh, kind of mid-afternoon on Tuesday. So... Um, Can you get diagnosed as nothing? I don't know. Oh, well, it, your test has come back as negative. I don't know yeah, if right. diagnosed is the term. Cleared, maybe? Yeah. You've been cleared now, of this? Now, you went in because the recommendations are when you have a sore throat, you should get tested. Is that right? Yes. And you woke up with a sore throat. Yeah. As we come into winter, I'm wondering, will you be setting the record as <laughs> the person tested the most? Because if we yeah. go by anything the last two years... Yeah. You'll come in with a sore throat every second night. Well, that the, was the complaints on the radio show. This is actually the funny thing, and I don't know if other people have found this, but I I had a cold at the start of the year. Like I woke up New Year's Day with a really bad head cold. But apart from that, I've not had a cold in any shape or form this year. And normally I would say through a winter, I would be averaging three to four colds a year. So we are we are significantly down on average. I can only assume it's because of social distancing and everyone looking after hygiene a bit more, but it's had a real impact. Or a significant change to your lifestyle. Well, that too. Sure. But my point is I'm not, I'm not getting sick, Zach. This is, this is an amazing positive. I was thinking the other day, you know how we're talking about, can you have an eradication strategy with, with COVID? Can you have an eradication strategy of the common cold? If we all just stay indoors long enough, will that kill the cold? I don't know. I don't know if it'll kill it, but certainly these uh, social distancing will limit it. It's a yeah. funny thing where I was watching um, an episode of The Office the other night and they were talking about stopping the spread of some illness in mm. the office. And, you know, this is 10 years old. And it was coughing to your elbow. We're going to set up hand sanitizing stations, this, that, and the other. Mm. And I was like, these recommendations, it's funny how you kind of 
like you know people who are in these fields are like yeah you should have been doing that for years <laughs> yeah and we're like oh coffin to your elbow oh we shouldn't shake hands this is so novel <laughs> but like these recommendations have been around for hygiene reasons mm. for like decades well it's, it's also interesting that i saw the australia's chief medical officer i think he just moved into a different role but brendan murphy say this midway through the pandemic he said as far as i'm concerned one of the toxic things in Australian culture has been this idea that if you're a bit sick, go to work anyway and push through. If you feel the slightest bit sick, you should be staying home from work, generally. And I'm so proud to work with someone who really upholds that. <laughs> Sometimes Dom would call up the radio show and he said, I think I could hear a cough in the suburb next door, so better play it safe. Uh, well, I was just thinking, if, if I adopt that mentality of staying home when I feel even the slightest bit sick... And we get a job together again. I might, I might be there two days a week. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be hard to tell because generally, I mean, how many? This is just a general health question. But how many days do you reckon you feel a hundred percent? So, in terms of levels of fatigue, hundred percent. Well, never. I'm not operating at a hundred percent. No, no, but health. My body is like the iPhone battery, where you can now test. What a, You know how you can now test like even a full charge is only like 60%. Yeah, sure. So even when I get like a full night of sleep, yeah, I'm still... My top capacity is about 72%, I reckon, of right. what my 100 was 10 years ago. So this is what I mean. Even when you're feeling at the best you can possibly feel, you can feel maybe fatigue or some sort of ailments, whatever it might be. Under this advice, everyone will be staying home every day. Because you, you feel a bit sick every day, don't you? Hmm. Well, Do you? Yeah? Some more than others. Well, that's true. But I just think it's interesting because I can't discern. You know, like today, for example, I feel a bit tired and I think, oh, could that tiredness be the start of a cold? Maybe no. I should stay <laughs> People, you feel tired every day, all the time. I think we need to get over tiredness. What do you We're mean? all tired. Yeah. Well, it is interesting you, you know say You the competition that. over who's more tired? Yeah. You know, when people start talking about, well, I had four hours. Well, I had two <laughs> hours of sleep last night. Everyone's tired. Let's mm. just, you know, let's just set a new base rate. We assume everyone's tired. I reckon they should do what they've done in those those countries in Europe and shorten the working day. Because I think, I reckon you need your eight hours a night at least. That's like a minimum for me. If I get eight hours, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. The current working day is not impacting whether or not you can get eight hours sleep well, because no. the current working day is only eight hours. Now, yeah. you add those together, you <laughs> sure. have your eight hours sleep, you have your eight hours of working. There's still yeah. another eight hours. What are you doing with them? I hear what, I do hear what you're saying, but I, it would be easier to get your sleep, wouldn't it, if you didn't have to But why don't you 10? sacrifice that vacant eight hours? <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I'm a big advocate for shorter working days and for staying home when you feel sick. <laughs> um, and it sounds like it, it sounds like that's no surprise to you. Um, I think what we could do is what we've learned during this pandemic is I think a lot of businesses could streamline their days. Yeah. You know, a lot of people comment on, oh, it turns out we didn't need to have so many meetings. And I've certainly worked in organizations <laughs> where half the day has been uh, wasted on things that you didn't need to do. Yeah. So maybe in that sense, on those days, they should just go, you know what? We had a half a day of meetings planned this afternoon. We've thought about it. We don't actually need to do it. Go home and sleep. Well, this is the thing. I mean, and also, and we've chatted about this before, I know as well, sometime in the radio show, but when you're at, at preschool or kindergarten, whatever you might be at, they have designated nap time. 
You know, we're in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, they say, you've all done your best. Have a nap. No, don't give me this. children don't give me this. have different sleeping patterns and different requirements oh. to adults. Okay, so what's the stress on their plate? The Play-Doh? It's the stress. It's their development physio- yeah. physiologically. But don't you so they think... they need more sleep than if, adults? No, if you went to the offices of the world, you know, wherever people are working, and you were like six hours into a work day, the levels of fatigue in there would be more, I reckon, than the preschoolers at nap time. And I no, think it's if not you fatigue, said, that's what you're that's what you're mistaking. It's not because they're working so hard on the duplo <laughs> that they're like, We gotta stop construction and everyone go have a nap. Well it's yeah. because they 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 need more sleep and they can't stay awake for as long as the physical makeup of their bodies means that and their brains. Okay. Whereas adults are different. I hear you, but I still think they should introduce nap time. I think it'd be uh, there a good was, idea. Do you remember, I think I've told you this before, where I worked when I was 18 and I was a receptionist, there was a kitchenette in one of the conference rooms that mm. I had to stock. That was one of my three jobs I had to do. And like there was never below... 98% of the sugar in the sugar jar because I restocked it so often. Like if someone took a scoop out, I would be in there restocking it because I had so few jobs, I took it very seriously. Mm. And I went in there one day and all the lights were turned off and I was walking down the back with my trolley to get to the kitchenette. And then someone, there was a couch down the back and I just hear like, <gasps> and someone like jumps <laughs> up and they were sleeping back there and they were so embarrassed. Like, can you imagine being caught sleeping on the job by the 18 yeah. year old? receptionist and i was like oh my goodness i'm sorry and they're like oh oh um i was just really tired and then they like run out of the room <laughs> i actually caught people sleeping in there twice seriously one on another occasion yeah this and is i my said point. guys that is so disappointing they're paying us to be here like we could be caught at any second you guys should take a lesson from what i do and you sleep in the library where no one ever goes in and the the air conditioning is freezing cold <laughs> come on this is amateur hour yeah you got to find a good sleeping spot i mean that's that's essential and i know we've said before that radio stations are generally pretty good for this cuz there's often a lot of you know soundproof oh, dark yeah, studios yeah but i that imagine used. lots of organizations would have places that are good for sleeping when you're there at midnight and well, there's no true. one around like well, though, we were. But I, when I've been doing some work at some other radio stations this year, I've been very careful not to name which one, but it is only the one, so people might be able to put that together. I did hear of someone there who had found sleeping spots during the day in some studios down the back that are very rarely used, that they had a bit of a reputation for disappearing from their desk for an hour and everyone would know they'd be down the back having a nap. Having a kip. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I am a big advocate for, for more sleep. I don't think we sleep anywhere near enough, generally. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, But I'm sure you could find some time in your afternoon. There's a lot of things you don't seem to have time for. <laughs> it seems like you don't have time to sleep enough. You don't have time for exercise. You don't have time to sort out your diet. What mm. are you doing? <laughs> I did. I exercised, actually. I went on a big hike when I was on my holiday. Did you? I mean, but- well, that should tie you up for the next year then. <laughs> well, it would it would get me a few weeks, I reckon. Eight or nine k's. It was a significant hike. Um, now, I did- last last time on the podcast, we spoke about my vendetta against uh, people having their dogs off lead and particularly not picking up the poos in the park. Yes. I reflected on this, Dom. Speaking of you going for a walk, and I thought, have you Dom complained? Was- well, I haven't complained yet. It had a slight uh, escalation over the weekend. Yeah, but. 
I was thinking about that conversation. I was thinking Dom didn't really jump in with much of an opinion on that. And then I thought, Dom has a dog. Surely he's walking it. Surely mm. he's picking up the poo. Do, mm. do you not have any comment on that? Well, do you I'll, walk your dog? Uh, not often, no. I, I have, I do it occasionally, but it's generally. Does your what, dog get walked, or is it yeah. too small to need to get walked? No, no, no. So generally, it's kind of a thing because he's an old dog now. He's uh, seventeen this year. So generally, uh, you know, uh, when when he feels up to it, Dad takes him on a walk around the block. So it's not a long walk because he is quite small. So you know, a lap of the block with those little legs is basically like an eight-kilometer hike for him. But um, but I will say I think did we talk about this on the radio show that I had that idea for DNA test uh, for dog poo, like DNA testing kits. No, do you remember that? I think I that was that my idea or is that someone else's? I don't remember. But the idea is that you you if you find people have left dog poo on the street, you DNA test it and then you can mm. see who it is and they get an infringement notice. Do you know what I mean? That you have to register well, you your dog's DNA. You trace it back DNA. to the dog, right? You know that yeah. the owner's DNA won't be in there. Well, no, that's what I mean. But you trace it back to the dog. He'll be registered probably. As... Can you, is DNA in feces? Oh, if DNA isn't in poo, that's a real letdown of evolution. How could DNA not be in poo? Well, do you have any understanding of what DNA is? Uh, well, it's in saliva and stuff. Yeah, so it must be in poo then. Um, yeah, it is. There we go. I've just Googled it. Is DNA found in poo? So this, What we're witnessing is some of the steps you should have taken before you took this to Shark Tank. <laughs> also, uh, I, I, if someone saw that I had Googled is DNA found in poo, <laughs> it would sound like I'd had a very confusing crime scene. Yeah, you were pooing at the bank just <laughs> just before I leave, guys. No, Dom, we got to go. We got the bag full of money. <laughs> I've just got to leave something in the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, Don't but, flush. There's no time. <laughs> no, look, I'm I'm completely with you on that because like I used to play touch football quite a bit with like my neighbour as a kid. We'd go down to the park and we'd kick the footy around, and I did once <laughs> like dive to score a try. I know this is what I'm afraid of. Yeah, I dived to score a try, and I I went almost face first. It went more on the shirt front, but into someone's dog feces that hadn't cleaned up. And uh, the, so, uh, this is the point. The you S- want a go- safe spot. The escalation over the weekend is there's now the guy who comes down. And I actually think his three dogs are responsible for a lot of the poos because I've witnessed them now. Yeah. And uh, the dogs pile out of the back of the ute. And he was sitting there uh, sinking what I believe was a tinny. Um, It was too dark to really tell if it was alcoholic or not. But so the dogs are off lead. They're shitting in the park. He's sinking a tinny. I'm like, I think that's three fines right there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not positive. Yeah. But his uh, dog pooed. He looked. It was about forty meters away. He looked around to see if anyone saw. He saw that we were watching him, and he like kind of double took and jumped. He walked over to the dog poo and I think he thought by the time he got to the poo, we wouldn't be watching anymore because he walked over to it, looked around again and then didn't pick it up and walked back to the car. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, that's hard. But I I understand because I had a friend who, who refused to pick up their dog poo because they said that's a disgusting thing to do. And I remember thinking, yes, but when you get a dog... That is part of the, you know, that's part of the conditions. You don't get the say and in whether or not you're going to do that. Like, I mean, but that's what I that's mean, what I mean. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's the, it's the law. It's the conditions. It's what you have to do. 
And then over the weekend escalated again because there's now a dog obedience school using the park and they set up quite complex oh, infrastructure. Yeah. There's like there's like walls for the dogs to jump over and stuff. And I'm like, surely if your business is operating under the premise of something that's illegal, like dogs can't be there off lead. So but everyone brings their dog down to learn how to jump over these things. I'm like, surely you can't operate a business where you're asking people to break the law. Yeah, this is sounding like it's getting more and more extravagant. Like, it sounds then, like the longer you go without complaining, it is, it's in- escalating. Then, get this, we run into this, because all greyhound owners talk to each other. It's this unspoken rule. I don't know why, yeah. but, like, if you see a greyhound walking, there's a thing where you kind of have to stop and talk to the people. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if it happens with any other breed, but like we've been flagged down from 50 meters away. Oh, wow. Hello, hello. <laughs> people, yeah. And some people remember the dog's names and stuff. Do you, do you flag people back down like from 50 meters away? No, I haven't done any flagging, no. Yeah, okay. But like I have been chased. <laughs> sure. Anyway, this lady uh, comes across and she had a nice gray hand. She was talking to us and she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I come down here sometimes. She's like, it doesn't really look like an off-lead dog park. They haven't signed it very well. But yeah, we'll come down here to take the dogs off-lead. And I was like, I'm like, now people think it's an off-lead dog park. I'm like, it's not signed because it's not. Gosh, you've got to step in. It's at that stage now. If you don't, it's it's going to become like a zoo. Well, not a zoo because there's no enclosures. There's nothing keeping the animals in there. But it's just going to continually escalate until you step in. Well, speaking of uh, poo and animals and enclosures, mm. I've had a exciting development over the weekend, Dom. I've become a farmer. Oh, I saw this. I saw this on Instagram. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. It's offensive to What's the offensive? well to to the hardworking farmers of of this country and all countries. I've become a farmer. What's to wrong be with using that? that word? I, I don't think. I think you know how I said to you. That I, when can I qualify as a vegetarian after having yeah. one meal without without any meat in it? And, you know, you said, I think you're doing this for the title. It does feel similarly that you're you're not really interested in the worms that, that you know, you have on your property now. You just Over the weekend, I did it. acquire a small worm farm. <laughs> just, a, I would call it a hobby farm, really. Yeah. And I'm now responsible for at least 500 worms. We're starting mm. with a small a herd. But I'm yeah. hoping to expand it. Um, and I'm very excited to take on my farming opportunities. It's called a worm farm. So mm. the person who looks after it must be a farmer, Dom. I don't think I'm making that up at all. I don't think I'm being offensive to farmers. It's well, just a different type of farming. You've got a, a kid due later this year. Is your hope or your thinking that maybe one day when you're older, you'll pass the farm on and they can carry on the, the farm? The farm will be in the generations. Yeah. I, I think it's like a... Um, I'm thinking they could probably sell it off when I pass. Yeah, okay. And, you know, the kids can divvy the money up amongst themselves. It's really like an inheritance thing. Sure. So, why a worm farm? You'll have to help me from a gardening point of view. Well, worm farms are great. And I'll um, explain my rationale a little bit later. And I've actually got an exciting opportunity. This sounds like... (laughs) This sounds like it's a giveaway. But when you learn what my opportunity is, it's actually the saddest podcast giveaway in the world. But I thought what I could, before I explain any of that, because I don't really want to give you any context, I thought it'd be interesting to get your understanding of mm. what a worm farm is. Yeah, okay. Well, I, Do you, I, have you heard of worm farming? Does anyone you know have a worm farm? No one I know has one. I have heard of them. Uh, my understanding 
is that it's basically, it's kind of like a compost bin sort of scenario, isn't it? Where you have like a hell of a lot of worms inside compost or dirt and do they help to to make the dirt better, the soil better? Is that sort of the idea? Do they decompose stuff? Well, you passed stuff? the first test. I thought you might have thought that we were keeping the worms in a similar way to how you'd have an ant farm just for fun. <laughs> so you have identified that there is a uh, legitimate uh, reason to have yeah. them, a, a purpose. Ant farms are, t- are terrifying. I, uh, yeah, I, I have bad memories with ant farms. So what? I think... Why? Oh, I drowned some ants, unfortunately. Because I had why an ant were farm. There, why was there water introduced into the worm farm? No, into no. the ant farm? There was an ant farm that we had in the kitchen. And, and I think I was doing the dishes and I accidentally knocked the ant farm into the into the dishwater when I was young. It was There were no survivors. It was pretty dark. Well, when you, I noticed when I went to America a couple of years ago, there's a very bizarre visa application you have to fill out. Mm. And a box you have to tick is... Have you committed genocide in the last couple of years? <laughs> Unfortunately, you won't be allowed in. Is that honestly a question? Mm-hmm. It's that... a weird one. You don't think many people would be caught out on that? Ah, damn. <laughs> they got me. Um, okay, so, so the now, worm hey, farm hey, hey, hang on. They've, they've got like a dictator in like a uh, interrogation position. Now, you said that you didn't commit <laughs> genocide. You know, it's illegal to fill out these forms incorrectly. <laughs> and the only fine is an administrative, like, fee. And the, the guy's like, oh, hang on. So the issue's not with the genocide. It's with the fact I lied on the form. <laughs> yes, now you understand. Um, um, but okay, so the yeah, word very bizarre. It is a very bizarre fill out. But I was wondering, can you tell me what the word, what's the process, do you think? I think you're on the right track here. It's basically, yeah, it's composting. So what do you mean by process? What, like, what 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 would I possibly use the worms for in the garden? Right. Okay. So I would think I don't know a lot about the lifespan of a worm and what they do, but my understanding is that they can make soil better. That if you dig into your soil and you see worms in there, you're probably going to have pretty good soil. Is that right? That's a good sign, is it? I think so. I think because it, what it I suggests guess so. is that I the mean, soil's you're not alive. Far off. It's not exactly right, but it's eh, it's kind of right. So what do they do? Fill me in. Well, it's composting. So they get rid of your waste. But then yeah, they okay. turn it into... They um, process it through their bodies. So you turn yeah. it into poo. And then you use that in your garden, basically. So when you say and they you get can... rid of your waste, do they eat... Like, would they eat dog poo if you put them in the, the park across the road? Oh, sorry. I mean, your kitchen waste. I oh. mean, they can <laughs> process dog poo, but you, it's complicated. Yeah, okay. It's, it's just... You can't... you. There's uh, it's still quite dangerous. Well, it's not dangerous. It's just there's pathogens in dog poo that can be harmful to humans. Yeah, oh, and sure. also because dog, like you give your dogs anti-worming tablets. Yeah, that true. can kill all the worms in the um. Yeah, it's not worm ideal. Farm. <laughs> that's not ideal. Um. So yeah, I got this worm farm. You use the uh, it eats all your compost, all your kitchen scraps, and then you take the they're called worm castings. The 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 feces basically mm. you can use that in your yard and there's also like worm tea like the liquid that comes out of the worm farm is good for your garden here's oh. the interesting thing yeah and the exciting giveaway that's the lamest uh giveaway in the world you can actually if you're a brisbane city resident if you're mm. a household in brisbane you can get one for free what, free worms 
No, not free worms. The worm farm. Seriously? Yeah, they're doing a rebate. The council's doing a rebate thing where they'll rebate up to $70 on composting in worm farm equipment. And that covers a worm farm, 70 bucks. Mine was sixty nine eighty from wow. Bunnings. That's pretty good. Now, the conditions are you have to... They won't pay for your worms, <laughs> which I thought was a weird condition. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, I assume they're trying to like... Um, make sure that their initiatives are watertight so that people can't uh, mm. scam them. Sure. But I was like, what are people just buying worms for? <laughs> like uh, fishing? fishing? Yeah, that could be the only thing I could think of. Unless people. So are just I haven't got my rebate yet. I have to apply for it. You have to. You have to kind of do this process. A so part of the process is like you have to do a test mm. where you have to watch some videos and then you have to pass a test on your basic knowledge of worm farming <laughs> or composting. Which, like, I guess they do so that they know that you know how to use the equipment. It yeah. seems pretty funny and then they give you like approval and then you have to upload you go buy whatever you want to buy and then you have to upload your your docket so i haven't got my rebate yet but um i was thinking Mm. a way you could scam it is you could wait outside bunnings and wait for people to come out with worm farms yeah and say can i have your docket yeah that's true that's then, true because that's all you need know. to prove that you that you've purchased it, and then so you could get seventy bucks. But isn't it? I mean, is it a one-off rebate? I think rebate? technically it's probably illegal. <laughs> is it like I a one-off rebate per person though? Like, are you allowed per household? Right. Okay. Well, you. I mean, I'm not get... recommending people do that. If <laughs> if I'm honest, I think you should get into composting or worm farming. It's a great initiative. You, can reduce I ask, your waste. It reduces the amount that's going to landfill. But f- I'm just thinking if if one was gonna scam it yeah that might be a way that they could do it do you feel any attachment to the worms like do they feel because i know that they're obviously a bit of an interesting creature worms but do you feel some sort of sense of paternal care for because it is life um no <laughs> like there's hundreds no. of them what yeah, do you that's... mean like i haven't named them no i'm not asking there's you that. wiggly uh jim <laughs> What you can think of one name that was related to worms, and then you went to Jim. No, Jim is Earthworm Jim. Do you remember that show? No, I don't. Or game? There was some game or show in the early nineties called Earthworm Jim. I, my point is though, if you watched one particular worm up close for like ten minutes, you might start to see, you know, some some real signs of life and and, and develop a real connection with it. I just I, I, that's all I was asking. Whether you feel any sense of, I guess, awareness of and connection to you their think existence. if I looked at a worm for ten minutes, mm. I would form a bond with it. <laughs> you might, yes. I honestly don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. I think it is. <laughs> okay, so where does at what stage does animal life start being something you could bond to? Right. So, I mean, we can go up. We can start. Obviously, dog. Yes. We could go down to guinea pig. People would say yes. How far down do we go? Well, a part of the domestication process. So they've noticed in animals, as we spoke a few weeks ago about uh, what's the difference between a tame and Mm. a domesticated animal. Yeah. And it's like over generations, as animals become domesticated, Mm. um, which means that they're relying on humans. They couldn't be released back into the wild. They have they go through physical changes. So wild animals versus domesticated animals look different. And one of them is that they have floppy ears. And so they no longer stick up and pointy, but they'll become sure. floppy. And an idea around that, there's a few ideas. One is that maybe they don't need to be as alert anymore. But another one is that they're becoming more attractive to what humans like. 
Yeah, I know that. I've heard that idea. I think it's pretty, um, pretty cynical view of the world, but that's fine. What do you mean, pretty cynical view? It's well, just what an observation. Is that dogs are manipulative? Right. No, it's not just dogs. Well, they, they found this in. I think they found that in. They they did they there was like this uh, guy or this scientist. I don't know who it was who like um like tried to rapidly domesticate a type of fox and they noticed within a few generations physical differences it's quite amazing yeah i'll I'll put it this way though i'll put it this way maybe your partner might like your hair long or might like your hair short whatever it might be and you will think oh i know my partner likes my hair like that so even if it wasn't particularly my original preference I might cut my hair in that particular way for them. Maybe instead of it being, this is a way we can get the, the humans no, to love us more. it would be like your partner mm. likes curly hair and you have straight hair, then your kids had curly hair. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying that it could be done out of love. It could be the animals also all thought. You that- can't pass things genetically out of love. <laughs> You can't think really no. hard and go, I want my kid to have my eyes. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. It's just a cynical view. And I don't understand why you, you don't feel any reverence for the life of these worms. Are they just a function to you? Well, I'm not going to kill them on purpose. No. That's where it probably ends. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess to me, worms feel a it's step like, what, above Are you ends. kidding me? I'm, I do not believe that you do not kill insects. Uh, yeah, I do kill insects. I guess worms are. So do you close not to that. feel a reverence for them? Uh, sometimes I do. I did have a. There was a little like mosquito that I saw die in the shower the other day while I was having a shower, and I felt felt sad for it because it it's someone's little boy or girl. So you asked, "Where's the line?" That's yeah. a philosophical question, but a lot of people would mm. uh, say where someone can process or something can process either pain or fear. Yeah. And I'm I don't think the worm is up to that level. The worm I mean feel I'm not going to try to kill it. I'm going to try to keep it alive. Let me see. But I don't think fear. that they can feel pain. Well, worms, at least consciously. Do worms feel pain? Um a team of Swedish researchers uncovered evidence that worms do indeed feel pain and that worms have developed a chemical system similar to that of human beings to protect themselves from it. Well, there you go. That that puts a new um, that makes fishing pretty dark when you're <laughs> putting live worms on a hook. Well, I think fishing already is a little bit dark because you're catching a live animal on a hook. But I do see that that now now that it's a double. Murder. The funny thing is, though, you say I mean we're delving into things where we've going, had this conversation a yeah, hundred times. I know where you're going to go. I eat the food. I hear where no, you're going. No, I'm saying that fishing is wild caught. Yeah. So, I mean, you might say it's dark, but that animal lived in the wild versus the animals that we eat are farmed. They yeah, never know, saw the big ocean. They never saw anything. <laughs> Don't disagree with you. I just, uh, it, we, we chatted about fish a few weeks ago when you made that comment about, you know, whether or not they can feel pain and how they certainly don't look comfortable when they're, when they're flopping around on the, uh, on the deck of the ship. It doesn't look like a happy wriggle. Um, I, I, I guess I'm just saying I feel like the worms deserve to be thought of too. And I, it wasn't yes, really... Yes, I'm actively increasing <laughs> their numbers. All yeah. I'm saying is, so my behaviour is exactly mm. what you're asking for, but what you're asking for is that I write them love letters on, no, on Valentine's that. Day. How do it's worms, like, I'm not going to yeah. kill them. I'm going to actively try to increase their numbers. I'm going to give them a great place to live. Yeah, sure. sure. Right? Um, how, do worms, how do worms procreate? Well, interestingly, they have both sexes in the one really? worm. Really? What's that called? 
Um, starts with A, doesn't it? I'm anyway. not sure. Uh, yeah, so they re- re- uh, recreate quite rapidly, so they can double their numbers in a few months. Fascinating. Is that, um, I'm just Googling. They lay it. eggs. Androgynous? Is that the word we're after? Don't know. Anyway, fascinating. Um, so they d- they will find another worm, and they say, well, I'll get these genitals out. You get those ones? Like, if they have, <laughs> is it a choice? Well, no, no I'm being I think serious. they are self-sufficient. I think they can do it themselves. Oh, what? I think they fertilize themselves. They fertilize themselves and lay eggs on their own. I don't know. That's fascinating. I did not know any animals did that. That's, yeah. So, wow. I'm just getting my head around how that works. So, when these worms, baby worms are born, they have just the one biological parent. I don't know where the worms have a, a conception so do you of think that's, Once again, you're, you're bringing mm. a human touch to it. <laughs> you're thinking, man, I wonder if that's difficult for them. <laughs> No, not Look, Think of all those single worm parents raising a family by themselves. <laughs> well, I do know that some animals, for example, I was reading about how, um, back to possums, that apparently I think it's ringtail possums, they will leave their parents uh, in like the, the nest at like 18 months, but they have been known like in future years to come back every now and then and say hi to their parents. Isn't that lovely? Okay, here we go. Earthworms can reproduce themselves if need be. Yeah, okay. If, uh, if need on. doesn't be, what's the alternative? Well, I think that might be... I actually think they might actually be talking about regrowing, like a tail if it gets oh, cut Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is another um, impressive thing worms are able to do. Um, I'm now reading... Uh, I'm now reading that they do need to rub against each other. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe it is right. Maybe it's what maybe it's that um they can um you know, you don't need to find a member that has complementing parts to you. Maybe just any worm will do. If if it's just like uh, is there an actual uh I'm trying to avoid being being too uh too intense with the conversation here, but is there an actual intercourse period that they engage in worms or is it just if yeah, you rub you up no i was someone? wrong i was wrong yeah so say some reproduce sexually while others reproduce asexually those that reproduce sexually like earthworms mm. uh meaning uh they they're homophrodites meaning they have both male and female reproduction parts it does not mean that they self-fertilize they still need another worm that makes sense the more mm. i thought about self-fertilizing i was like hmm that seems like genetically, that wouldn't be a very wide gene pool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's intriguing, right? So, it's not just... They, there actually is an act of reproduction. Because you initially mm. said just rubbing up against each other. And I wondered if maybe you were wriggling through the dirt. If you were just like, oh, Barry. Well, I don't think they're lighting candles. If you're, <laughs> no, once again, trying to put... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, human not tra- no, onto them. I'm not I'm not trying to put human attributes onto them. I just wanted to know about the life of these worms. I understand your main interest in is short, the I don't really know. Yeah. Um well, I'm learning that, about them. I only yeah. learned the other day about the basics. Earthworms are different to composting worms, for example. Mm. If you have a worm farm, you probably will need to purchase worms. You can't just dig them up from the yard. What's well, yeah, unlikely okay. that you can. 
But my point in bringing this up was really to say, if you live in Brisbane City Council, look into the rebate scheme. Yeah. Get yourself a compost bin. Get yourself a worm farm. Fun activity for the whole family. Treat yourself to some worm tea. You don't drink it. Really don't drink it. That's... But what's you said worm tea. Yeah, you pour it in the yard. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Did you think that we were drinking it? I don't know. I don't know what's healthy and what isn't here. You, I'm new to worm farming. You said worm tea. Now, tea is something that you drink. If you had ever seen a worm farm... Yeah. What? And the condition that it's in... Have you seen composting food before? If Does I it, said... You don't particularly look at, look at it oh, and go, okay. mm, that looks nice. I mean, it's decomposing food. If I said, do you want some ant coffee? Would that sound like something that, you, that you're meant to drink or put in your yard? <laughs> no, well, tea just means something diluted in water, doesn't it? Does it? Isn't it? Yeah, you could have anything could be made into tea. You just put oh. leaves in water. That's what tea is. I had no idea that was the case. Well, that's, Isn't that's it? I thought that's just my understanding. Possibly. I mean, I'm not going to Google tea definition because we would be getting at this stage to a segment where we could do Dom's Google history again from the past 20 minutes. Well, also, I do notice that this podcast is us just talking about things we don't understand, <laughs> then Googling them and then correcting ourselves. <laughs> so let's move on. Something I found out last week, Dom, that I yeah. think you would find familiar mm. or you might find interesting is have you heard of in America when they have half and half in their coffee? Yes. So yeah. they'll go, I'll have a coffee with half and half, thanks. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember dad telling me this because he goes over to America every now and then for, for some things he does for work. And he says every time he goes over there, he forgets the coffee etiquette. Because they, they don't... And, and the other option is to have cream in your coffee. They say I have it well, with cream. do you know what half and half is? What? It's full of cream milk. <laughs> What do you mean? Your invention where you got full cream milk and then added more cream. So it was full of cream milk. That's what, what half and half is. I thought basically. Ha- I thought half and half by the name would be like half fat milk or something like that. What no, do you yeah, mean? See, I thought the same thing. I thought it'd be reduced fat, but it's yeah. actually the opposite. So roughly, this is just off the top of my head. Because mm. um, I did look it up last week. I believe full cream milk is about 3% milk fat. Yeah. And I think half and half is about 15%. My God. So you're increasing the milk fat. Now, I don't think they're literally adding cream, but I think it's basically the same thing. Half and half. This is. Did we sell this in Australia? Uh, Maybe you can import it. You can be the marketer for it. Gosh. Interesting. So it's apparently equal part mixture of two substances. So it couldn't be 50% cream, could it? I don't know. Well, that I think cream, I, and this again off the top of my head, I think cream is around in the 30% of uh, right. of milk fat. And so this is kind of half as much as cream. But I thought, are you upset that your invention has been around for a long time? Oh, there's a part of me that feels dudded. Um, certainly. I mean, any time that you think you've stumbled upon a great discovery and to find it's already in the world is a flat moment. I still think fuller cream milk has more of a ring to it and is a bit of a different product. So, um, I'm not... Well, it certainly I, explains what it is a lot more than half and half. Yeah. Well, uh, and this is a timely conversation for me because as you know, Zach, I have just been in the Sunshine Coast hinterland, staying right near Mullaney Dairies. Did you take a visit to the farm? Well, the farm oh, was sorry. Yeah. The Holy Land. <laughs> and pilgrimage is the word I'd prefer as well. They they aren't open for tours currently. They weren't when we were there at any rate. Um, but I did... You could look over the fence. I mean, oh. you went to see if the movies were open the other day. <laughs> I know. I drove past four or five times. And, um, and I'm, I'm glad you had time to do that as well. <laughs> with how hard you've been working and how much you've been sleeping. <laughs> Shut up. 
I did get Mulaney Gold. I got a few a few um, bottles of Mulaney Gold, which is their... So it's like milk with added cream. It's their pasteurized only, I think. Or is it homogenized only? One of them. The, the safer one, they only do that. And the rest, so it's, it's much more creamy. Pasteurized is the safety one. Right. Okay. So pasteurized only milk, um, where you get the cream on top and stuff. Which I know... Would you be interested in going to a country? Like, I think France is one of them. Yeah where they have looser laws around pasteurization. Well, but does does pasteurization change taste at all? I don't know if it does. I think advocates would say that it does. Really? Interesting. Okay, I It's well, actually illegal to sell unpasteurized milk. Is it's it? like so you could join some type of black market. Yeah, trading milk on the black market. That's not a bad idea. But I did cuz there was one stage when we were on the holiday and I looked in the fridge and we had Mulaney Gold, which is the extra creamy milk. And there was some Mulaney cream in there too, Mulaney Dairy's cream. And this thought hit me, could I add cream to already extra cream milk? Like the step above full cream. I love how you're describing this as like a stroke of genius. (laughs) But you're taking your idea of full cream milk, adding cream to... A milk that has slightly more cream and what adding I've just cream. Done, I mean, it's not a huge jump. Sh- no, what I've just done is what every year's new iPhone announcement is. Yeah, that's <laughs> Effectively. That's, I would walk out on stage as Tim Cook and say, this year we're using creamier milk. Everyone would go wild and I'd make billions of dollars. That's what's <laughs> just happened. So I gave it a go. Um, I, I'm sad to report there is such a thing as too, too much of a good thing. <laughs> There's a limit. It, it wasn't nice. It was too much. It, <laughs> you were just drinking cream. Yeah, it felt like you were just drinking cream. And, like, that's good for the first four, four or five sips, sure. But by the end of the glass, you do start to feel quite gluggy. Well, maybe it's like, a, you know, like a, a spirit alcohol. Yeah, sure. I'm sure lots of people would say, yeah, if you're drinking it by the flask, <laughs> by the water bottle fill, that's too much. But yeah. if you have your whiskey just a little bit at a time... That's mm. how you appreciate it. So, is the fullest cream milk, which I believe is the latest invention, yeah, is that just best enjoyed in smaller amounts, just a couple of fingers? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's the, or or you could get like a you know those sort of dosing things you have for babies. What? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what you call them, but it's like a little um, looks a bit like a pacifier, I guess, and you get some of the liquid in it, and then you can squirt it out. I mean, I went to something that was, you know, probably considered quite classy. Yeah. <laughs> a nice glass, you know, maybe in a nice drinking room, <laughs> nice recliner that you're you're wearing yeah. your, uh, you know, what? in front of an open fire. You went to how they feed babies. I was thinking like so you could measure it out exactly to get the precise. So your right perfect amount. meal would be full of cream milk. No, uh, you I might didn't have some type this. of fruit or vegetables next to it, and I guess it'd be easier if they were just parade. <laughs> Pureed, and it was just like uh, spoon-fed to you by someone pretending that it was an aeroplane. There's nothing about that that feels bad to me. Like you know that 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 isn't the worst suggestion in the world. Would you- you'll be happy to hear? Over I think two nights ago, mm. I learned that uh, my unborn child can now hear and recognize really? sounds. And wow. the recommendation is to play music to them. Yeah. And so I did play Make Your Own Type of Music. Oh, And beautiful. I'd like to apologize to the uh, graduating class of 2040 <laughs> or 2037. Yeah. Because it is actually unfair what I've done to my child. That's true. No one else has a chance. No, no. 
I, I also think maybe 2060, we're looking at a prime minister of our country, <laughs> just all based on this one three-minute hearing yeah. of this song. They'll based be on Mama Cass. Well, completely, because any time in life where they're not sure of what to do, they will just hear the lyric again. Why the they? amount of times before I was, how old was I? I was probably 27 when I first heard, learned that song. The amount of times I've had the thought in my head, mm. should I make my own type of music? <laughs> should I sing my own song? And before 27, I always thought, no. Yeah. No. yeah. Because the others won't sing along. Exactly. And so I would just walk <laughs> off and I would be, I'd be sad for the rest of the day. After yeah. 27, after I heard that song and I heard, hang on. Am I meant to make my own type of music even if others don't sing along? Wow, this blows my mind. <laughs> it's I, I was uh, playing the song in the car the other day and my brother said, isn't this the waffle song? And uh, Now, it has been commandeered by... <laughs> it has been recently used in a pancake commercial. <laughs> I know. And I, I thought... I mean, initially I thought was what a shame that the legacy of Mama Cass... Is now the and I think it's actually crumpets, not waffles. But anyway, has been used in a breakfast pastry ad. That's now what it's known for. But then I did think about that ad. Now, if you remember the ad, the crumpets come alive. The crumpets are moving around and talking and walking and having families. Now, when you I mean, look at a crumpet for ten minutes, yes, do you form a type of connection with it? <laughs> Well, no, I don't. I mean, maybe if Mother Cass was blaring out, and I imagined it as a as a crumpet mother or a crumpet dad that you see in those those ads, maybe then I could feel a bit of empathy for the crumpet. Maybe it's possible. But look, I I think um there's a few other songs you should be adding to the playlist. Yeah, what you do know, you want? It, well, Christina Aguilera, beautiful. Yeah, that'll be up there. That's got to be a that's got to be up there completely. Life is a highway. Um, you know, a fan of that one. That's just that's more to develop an adventurous side, mm. um, you know, because you need a you need a lot of variety to be a balanced person. So it's just well, to also adventure. Uh, rusted mm. root on my way. Yeah, that's good. Send them. Send now, me there's way. been a bit of debate on my TikTok account over where mm. that song because I used that in the TikTok and I said it was the I said it was the song from Ice Age. Yeah, a lot of people got very upset and said no, it's the song from Matilda. Oh yes, it is in both. I hadn't. I remember it from Ice Age. I remember it from Ice Age. I do remember it from Matilda too, but I'd forgotten. What about is it the in more iconic montage? Because it's Ooh. a great song to use over a growing montage. Yeah. Well, you know, I reckon, we're growing. We're getting closer together. We're growing up. I think it was. Um, it's about who did it first. I'm guessing Matilda was pre Ice Age. Yeah, Matilda's definitely pre Ice Age. Let me have a look. Ice Age is. We are talking for the original I reckon one. Two thousand and one. You're good. 2002. Close. And I reckon Matilda, 96. Dead on. <laughs> wow. <Boom! laughs> Look at that. That's that's well done. Well, in that case, I think maybe Matilda takes the claim. Disappointed that Ice Age first, was derivative. Matilda did it first and apologies to everyone on TikTok. Yeah. You guys are right. Matilda did do it first. I wonder which grossed more though. How much did Matilda make? Ice Age. You reckon? Prediction. Yeah, well, I think so. Okay, Matilda made, if I can find out here, here we go, Matilda made uh, $8 million. Oh, geez, that didn't go well. They spent $36 million on it, and it only made was it eight. a flop? I think Matilda was a, f- a flop. Maybe. 
Oh, here we go. Here's the worldwide. The worldwide figure they made thirty three million. So they still lost a few million on that that film. Mm. That's, that's Usually surprising. the rule of thumb is like you also need to double the budget before they break even because of when you take marketing and stuff into account. Yeah, gosh, that's fascinating. Well, comparatively, Ice Age made 50, uh, it cost fifty nine million to make it, but Ice Age made three hundred eighty three million. So. So yeah. they stole the idea from the small indie film. Yep. <laughs> and they took it commercial. Yeah. I've got to say, it's uh, uh, Matilda was a film that, from a very young age, gave me a unhealthy idea of just how dodgy used car salesmen were. I thought you'll say just how much chocolate cake it was okay to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. But you remember her dad, played by Danny DeVito in the film, and he's like winding yeah. back the odometer on cars and stuff. For like it is a, a scary film. Five-year-old. Yeah, and I remembered. Um, I remembered then not too long later, my parents were getting a car, and I kept looking at the car dealership people so suspiciously, thinking, "I know your tricks. I've seen Matilda. <laughs> I've yeah, seen." Doesn't he get a screwdriver or a? Yeah, I think it's like and, a uh, wind the clock back. Yeah, yeah, and the I, odometer. It's like a drill, I think that. that yeah, drill winds it back. Man. Now I don't think you can actually do that, can you? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, okay. I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah, Maybe at yeah. that stage it was. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Great. Look, scary film, but also great film, Matilda. Good musical too. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, next episode, by the way, Zach. Um, I know that we are, we're now coming up to Christmas. We're getting close to Christmas. No, we're not. It's well, July. <laughs> Like, I we, think they have yeah. Christmas in July because it's actually the furthest point no, away from Christmas. The furthest point away from Christmas is December 26. Thank you no, very not, much. No, 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 not from the Christmas before. <laughs> That's a day away from Christmas. <laughs> it's just the wrong way, time-wise. Yeah, but I, I the, the point is within six weeks... This is weeks, the furthest point from a memory of Christmas. Within six weeks... Like either a perceived Christmas, a Christmas yeah. in the future, or a Christmas past. This is the solstice. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're the Christmas solstice. Okay. In six weeks, there'll be Christmas decorations in shops. Mark my words. So <laughs> it's happening. Do you reckon they'll come out earlier this year? I think people need it a bit earlier. Yeah. You that's know, a I part think... of the. That's a part of Scomo's plan. Yeah. <laughs> we want Christmas. He's like trees job up seeker, October. job keeper, and Christmas lights are going up early. <laughs> I think it'd be great for morale. We should get them all up in October. But I there's one part of Christmas this year that it occurred to me the other day is going to be very compromised in a COVID age. I want your thoughts on how we can fix that next episode. Okay, we'll do that soon. This episode, we've learnt about uh, Dom's connection to worms. Mm. Everyone should be sleeping a little bit more. Yep. And Ice Age ripped off Matilda. There we go. These are the type of educational <laughs> gems that you come to this podcast for. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back in a couple of days. Stay safe. Bye.